Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast with Andy and Parker. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. I am your host, Andy Burrows. I am as always joined by my good friend and tag team partner, Mr. Parker Hamlet. Parker, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Uh, the seasons are changing. Uh, you guys will notice Andy's a little stuffy today. But mm-hmm. speaking of stuffed, uh, a lot of wrestling over the last week and certainly a lot of wrestling ever since the last time we hopped on the show. And We got a lot of catching up to do, but uh, certainly excited to get tagged in and get started. Uh, we, we got a lot of stuff to encapsulate. I mean, you got WWE, you got aw nxt's taking off you got the dirt sheets running rampant who's the white rabbit i'm ready to get into it all man <laughs> yeah who's making white rabbit t-shirts and everything but, um <laughs> parker we sit here with a certain john moxley is again aew world champion uh beating uh dan um daniel bryanson in the uh main event of last week's uh what was it called again? Uh, Grand br- Slam. Grand Slam. That's it. Feels it. I had like a, an eternity. I had a brain, yeah, ago, I had a brain part. But um, John Moxley again is AEW champion. Now a lot of people have messaged me and a lot of people have texted me and tweeted me saying, "Andy, great event, but not too sure about the outcome of the main event." You and I have texted backwards and forwards before I get my I give my five cents. What did you make again of John Moxley being the AEW World Champion? You know, I, you give your five cents, I'll give my two. I feel like really it's, you know, the best they could do when you really, it, it, it kind of took a minute for it to grow on me, to be honest with you. I mean, all things considered, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm sure Tony Khan was wishing that he had just put the belt on Moxley to begin with. I feel like the, obviously you and I wanted Brian Danielson to come out on top, uh, but at the end of the day, whoever wins this is going to be the sacrificial lamb to the devil himself, MJF, who was watching this entire thing from uh, the rafters like Sting. So I feel like Moxley is in a better position to be MJF's sacrificial lamb than Danielson is. And I know that's not a popular opinion. I know people wanted to see, you know, Danielson get a run with the belt. I don't think that's out of the question. I don't even think that that's not going to happen at some point. I think that Danielson is somebody that they're kind of keeping in limbo until then. The match itself, I honestly, I liked it a lot better than their match of revolution. Uh, you know, maybe because it was a TV match. Maybe I feel like the match of Revolution was disappointing because it was, you know, it's pay-per-view quality. I could see where people thought the, the finish was underwhelming. But, I mean, personally, I like it when Reigns uses the Kimura. And I, I think when he wins with that as a finisher, sometimes it's kind of cool. It, it, it keeps you on your toes as somebody who's watching the match. You don't really know when the finish is coming. And when you see these two, you know, Danielson getting the ca- cattle decapitation and all these other different types of holds, you expected this to be a really technical match overall. So John Moxley becomes the most decorated AEW champion of all time, three times now. And this is the real title, not the interim. But I mean, he firmly kicked Punk's ass. He firmly kicked Jericho's ass. And now he firmly kicks Brian Danielson's ass. And the Blackpool Combat Club uh, has the AEW championship under their grasp. I don't think it's going to be for long because if what we're seeing from NJF is any indication. Tony has really no choice but to put the belt on this guy. I mean, the Arthur Ashe Grand Slam was kind of seen as a 
what's the word I'm looking for? Season Segu- finale. Se- yeah, end or... of a end of a current run. But start like WWE do with the start. Of exactly. That's what I was about to say. How WWE yeah. is kind of advertising that they got the season premiere coming up. That's kind of the mm-hmm. same thing for AEW. I mean, but as a whole, uh, I, I feel like Moxley, you know, I feel like the observation period was a little bit longer. You're talking about a guy who's a top three wrestler in the PWI top hundred. You could argue he's number one. In my opinion, his work rate, match quality, and all that stuff considered, he's my number one wrestler in PWI. But at the end of the day, you can't blame them for putting Roman at the top. Uh, but that was a conversation we had last week. But overall, now that I've done rambling about it, uh, I, I feel like John Moxley was the safest choice. And I feel like he's just keeping it one for Max anyway. So. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think it was a safe choice. I'd like to see uh, Brian Danielson with it. But again, like you say, someone's just going to segue to MJF. But it depends how long they, uh, like I've said in the past, I like long storytelling. Are they just going to put the title on MJF at the, at four, I think, Four Gears, the next main event, right? The big uh, main main show coming up. Are they just going to, Joe, do you know what? We'll roll with this for, what, four or five weeks till Full Gear? And then we'll put it on MJF. I mean, uh, John Moxie's obviously been advertised to this week on Dynamite against Juice Robinson. I mean, that sent that sent social media into batshit crazy. It's like, <laughs> like who, what, what the fuck is going on here? Juice, who, what the hell? But um, yeah, I think Moxley, he'll be a good transitional champion. I'd be interested to see how he feels about it because obviously he's gone from being interim champion to now being the champion. But is he the champion or is he just another interim just without the title? Because we it's all know, easy to, yeah, I mean, it's easy to know, make the argument that it still feels like he's an interim champion. It kind of does to me because we know we're kind of already leaning to um, MJF being world champion. At, at, are they, are they going to do it a full gear? Or are they going to maybe go into long-term booking here and maybe long it out for, I don't know, maybe another couple of months or so? But um, then you've got Hangman. Adam Page, he now gets a world title shot. At, you know, he he won the um the the main event on Rampage, so he can now maybe get a title. Do you make it? Oh, yeah, that Willy Wonka Battle Royale. The, yeah, I don't. I, don't, I yeah. remember the name of if my Dude, life depended on it. Rampage, the second golden Harbor. ticket. That's it. Yeah, he right. won the he won the he won Willy Wonka's golden ticket, brother. Um, from what I'm hearing of Rampage, I actually spoke to someone that was there. He said that stadium was half empty by the time Rampage come on. So you have to think they'd been in that arena nearly five hours. By the time Rampage was actually filmed. So I actually spoke to someone that was there and they said, Andy, I'll kid you not. If, you, if the cameras could show you the top tiers there, they were empty. So a lot of people had gone home by Rampage. So yeah, Hangman Adam Page won the Willy Wonka Battle Royale. So do they turn it into, like we said last time, Parker, do they do maybe the first time ever? Do they get all three of them in the ring at full gear at the same time? Do you have Moxley, Page and MJF fighting it out for the title? Well, you were the one that said that, and if that doesn't come to fruition, you get all the credit there, my friend. But in, in totality, you know, MJF and John Moxley is a match that has happened before. In my opinion, probably one of the best AEW matches in history that not a lot of people really talk about. Those two faced off at All Out in 2020, and it was a really solid contest. Probably the closest Mox came to losing before Kenny. Uh, obviously, you know, he kind of snuffed out MJF being able to use that dynamite golden ring or whatever the hell it was called to end up getting a dirty <laughs> finish. But MJF made some reference to it himself. He said, I'm not the same dumb kid you fought two years ago. And you can certainly make that argument. I mean, look at this segment, you know, with Yuta. I mean, God, they gave Yuta some good lines, but MJF was just so damn over at Arthur Ashe that it was just, I don't think you could have put anybody out there. And then. Oh, did we lose Parker? You there, bro?
Ryan's uh, brain being scrambled eggs, mocks the dumbass. And re- if you learn how to pop pills, talk to Regal. They even got the, the, the heel heat of him shoving Shivani, which is something you really don't see on TV a lot. I absolutely love that. So, I mean, personally, I, you got Hangman and Moxley fighting on the uh, Cincinnati, uh, I think, do- October. It's either this upcoming Dynamite or the one afterwards. So, I mean, it's coming mm-hmm. up really soon. I feel like, you know, obviously you're going to have to protect uh, Hangman in some capacity here because, I mean, you know, he's kind of been involved with the title picture a lot recently. And he's kind of fringing on that main event, just suffered a, a loss to uh, Danielson as well. So, I feel like my, uh, MJF getting involved is just kind of the only way to protect these two coming out of this contest. I think they'll still have a good match, but I, I, I think that you can't really have it so much filler. I think it's still going to be Moxley and MJF come full gear unless something just absolutely unprecedented happened. But Grand Slam in total, there's a couple more things I definitely want to talk about uh, before we move to Rampage. And you already brought up the bad attendance at the end, but I mean... You know, I thought Jericho winning the ROH title was a really ballsy decision, but one good that for I can business kind of under- or bad for business? You, think you know, personally, I'm going I good. See- I'm going good. I- I'm going good as well. I-, I feel like you, you, you have to give that title some legitimacy. Not like it really needs it if you're like a wrestling historian. You know the history of ROH, but when a guy like Jericho holds any title, it does nothing to elevate it. You know, Fozzie ended up canceling their touring for the rest of the year because of Jericho's something issue going on with his vocal cords. I feel like the more you come and try to bring ROH along, I feel like a, a big money program with Jericho is going to make that title feel like a big deal. I feel like that's the reason they gave him the, they made him the inaugural AEW champion as well. And, you know, it was like, who's going to take it off Jericho? Who's going to take it off Jericho? So I'm never going to say putting it on pretty much a Hall of Famer is a bad idea. What do you think about that? I thought it was good for business. It elevated, you know. I like I. I think I've said to you before. I'm not fully bought into the old, the whole ROH thing right now. So, I'm hoping Jericho can sprinkle his Jericho magic, magic dust and you know, be the wizard that he is. And um, I'm hoping that he can bring not relevance is probably the wrong word, but maybe bring on the storylines a little bit more. Be interesting to see who he goes into a feud with. Now we see we've got the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, they've been advertised on Rampage this week, so we'll see what's happening with that. And we'll see. He was killing it. me with the honorable stuff on commentary. <laughs> He's like, "That's not very honorable." After he low blows Claudio to get the win and pretty much yeah. tries to use the bat. So maybe Claudio could get a rematch. I don't know how that how that's going to work. That you feel maybe- like this hurts him because um, that's a very very big talking point unless right now. they're gonna elevate him more on quote-unquote aew style tv and not roh i mean i kind of was down this path with samoa joe he's like the forgotten man right now i mean when he first came into aew i was like wow you know this i i love the dude i think he's amazing you know and i liked him from his tna days his ring of honor days they briefly when wwe let him wrestle before they put him in a rain mac and sat him on the side of wrestlemania um i really liked him i'm hoping that claudio now doesn't go down that route where he gets kind of lost in the AEW mix because AEW we've got some um, let's not let's not lie they've got some amazing talent now I just feel they need to know how to use it. And that it could only benefit things like Rampage because Rampage, everyone knows what I think of that. I think it's terrible. Absolutely. And it was, it was terrible last week. I mean, it was kind of the the smaller version of the show last week. It was kind of like, well, you know, we're going to, they should have done Rampage live. They should have recorded two nights, done it live, let the crowd go home because, like I say, we're going to get into that in a minute. The crowd were dead come Rampage. But um, I'm hoping it elevates, uh, obviously, it will elevate the title. As for Claudio, Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens this week on uh, on Dynamite. But there was loads of other things, Park. I mean, a certain English girl appeared, my friend. Oh, man. I got to tell you. This, this 
this was, in my opinion, right up there with Punk in regards to debuts in AEW history. Soraya debuting after the fatal four-way between Tony Storm, uh, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. No, it wasn't Jamie Hayter, was it? It was, it was Serena Deeb, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and then I forgot the fourth woman. Who is the fourth woman? Mm, good question. Oh. I forget. It doesn't matter. This this match felt like fodder anyway, and what happened post-match was way more big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You hear uh, Zombified by falling in reverse, and, of course, that is uh, the lead singer of that band, Ronnie Racky's girlfriend, is one Soraya, formerly known as Paige, making her AEW debut easily moment of the night probably the biggest moment that's probably happened in the women's division probably in AEW history up to this point <laughs> but it's the only things just happened in the women's yeah, division. yeah really and i mean you know her role is still unknown we're not going to know this till about two nights from now what her role is going to be she's in been, AEW, you know but... what I, she's been has been I, I was read something today i'll actually i'll try and send it she to has you has to be wrestling yes so be. i i subscribe to her there's a great publication over here in the uk you might have heard it called that they do a power slam uh, yes. wrestling magazine they're amazing they they've been tweeting all day and they put it in there it's going to be in their next edition she has been cleared to wrestle uh i think she has another maybe another week or two weeks uh, she's going to wrestle at full gear mark my words she has been cleared apparently everything's been done uh there's nothing to worry about. all these people Perfect. all these people that are tweeting saying oh why has she gone there she can't you don't know nothing oh she God. hasn't gone there to do this if she wanted to just be on a microphone she could have stayed at wwe you know who it reminds me of right danielson danielson mm. could have sat in wwe and collected yep. a check yeah just been brought daniel bryan and yes his way to retirement mm-hmm. but she wants to wrestle i mean think about that yellow hot or white hot run she ran on with absolution and it got cut short because she got hurt so mm-hmm. i mean she wants to wrestle wwe would not clear her she wants to wrestle and i think this will do wonders for her legacy oh wow her, her name alone will attract hopefully more uh rest female wrestlers to aw because like you've said and i've said many times honestly when the women's match comes on i'm off to the bathroom brother i'm going to the i'm i'm gonna go and take a pee i'm i'm not usually watching i'm like well this is gonna be boring so she's a draw man i've been her there now i think can hold a fucking candle oh dude honestly she is her and brit if they get in the ring at full gear off again long-term storytelling i love it are they they're going to want to need to keep people invested in the product this is what they could do now with this storyline let's see how that what they do with it i hope they don't screw this up on dynamite i really don't hope i tune in on uh wednesday or thursday when i get to watch it thursday morning i i, I, I couldn't I, agree with you more I, I think that this was a much needed shot in the arm for the women's division i got goosebumps honestly i didn't see it coming I do know Sean Ross Sapp reported that they'd been in contact this summer. A big factor for this as well. Uh, apparently, Paige, or excuse me, now Soraya, didn't really buy into the new regime change in WWE. You know, apparently they reached out to her and were like, well, you can have your, your streaming back and you can do this and you can do that. She said, nope, not interested. I think she knows. She what wants to wrestle, brother. Yeah, and she knows what she brings to AEW. I think she knows exactly what she's signing up for. So happy to see her in AEW. Cannot underplay that moment. And mm. awesome theme music, getting her hubby. Or <laughs> the, friend, theme, uh, the theme, theme music is... The uh, theme music's great. Yeah, the theme but music. I, I got to say, before we kind of transition over to WWE television, you kind of mentioned uh, Mox, uh, not Moxley, Rampage already. Mm, and, you know, oh, you mentioned how dude. it, it kind of felt like, you know, you're kind of exhausted, oh. fatigue, and the crowd like- was kind of leaving. What is it? See, what is it? What's punk? Well, who was the? What was the promo? If, if you want to go and main event night four of a two day buying or something, night, three at, night extravaganza. Rampage, rampage felt like that, dude. They did, it was, it did. And, the, and I think the problem is, uh, bros, is that at the end of the day, there were just some things that could have been cut from Grand Slam. I didn't need to see Pack and Orange Cassidy for the millionth time. It was a mm-hmm. cool match. I liked cool match. some of the stuff I saw in ring, but at the end of the day, I don't feel like it was necessary. I thought the Sam and Eddie stuff was. 
decent, but like really didn't need to be on the show. The Ward Joe stuff. Look, keep Warlow off my TV until he's doing something important. And that's just how I feel. I mean, look, I, I love the guy, but at the end of the day, you got to start making him feel like he's in something important. You know, obviously we talked about the battle Royale. Uh, it was nice to see Christian still being on TV in some capacity, despite him being out for the next eight months, he's been spotted. Uh, you know, he's injured. Obviously you could see it on TV. I, I enjoyed, you know, Ray and Jungle Boy's match. I thought that was really solid. Good old roll up for the win. But if there's anybody, and this is the last thing I'll say about AEW television this week. In total, I loved Grand Slam. I thought it was awesome. It felt like a nice culmination of TV for the last couple months. But if there's two guys that I really feel for, it's Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, who, in all realness, had a very good unsanctioned match, if you really want to be blunt. Like, I mean, literally a lights out match. I mean, I, Powerhouse Hobbs used a part of the light from the uh, the stage set to beat the shit out of Ricky Starks. And obviously, this match doesn't count as a win or loss for either man. But at the same time, this is a program that I feel like deserved a lot more of a spotlight than to be at the tail end of five hours of straight up wrestling tapings. I mean, this this is these are two guys you could say Ricky Starks is probably one of the most charismatic in AEW. A guy who, if you put him in a ring with MJF with a live mic, I don't know which way the fucking crowd's gonna go. And, and Powerhouse Hobbs, who's being groomed as the next big heel in AEW, I felt like these two deserved a way bigger spotlight for their match. And I, I, and I really am kind of bummed out that they had to pretty much go out in front of an exhausted crowd and put on this banger and pretty much get crickets when it really wasn't even their fault. Because, I mean, all things considered, like I said, it was a good match. But do you feel like this hurts either one of them? Do you, how, how did you feel about the outcome of that match? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I mean, the crowd were pretty much they were done by the time this match come on. It's it's a bit like you know the people that uh, say like when Undertaker fought Triple H at uh, WrestleMania, then you kind of Jericho remember in his on his book said he had to go and follow that, and he said the crowd were dead, they were all exhausted, they were done. I mean, yeah. you think these people had been in that arena park? Like I said, like the person uh, my friend who I spoke to, they'd been in that arena over four hours. You know, they'd seen everything exactly. filmed and they had to, you know, there was a break between Rampage starting and, you know, they said, look, it was getting late. And from what he was saying, there was kids there and, you know, it's still is school and it sounds silly, but they have to go home. They have lives. They have to get up in the morning. And, you know, when you're still at an event at 11 o'clock at night, we've already been there four hours. That's maybe where AEW on the business side of things need to rethink. Start putting Rampage live. Start start advertising advertise it as a live event somewhere where you've never been just somewhere where you can put some tv cameras not chicago because that's the only fucking place they ever go to <laughs> but, um go and do it somewhere bring if you want to kick it off kick it off in london bring rampage to london and kick off do obviously you're going to have a dynamite here but open you say look we're having a live rampage from wembley arena in london absolutely make a big thing of it try and get a big crowd of it because at the minute parker rampage is cheap dude i i watch it don't get me wrong because it might be the odd good match but for me i'm i'm kind of not zoning out completely but i'm kind of there where i was with like raw maybe a year ago i'm like I've got one eye on that and maybe one eye on doing something else on my laptop or I'm doing something. Well, they don't, do. it's their fault that it doesn't yeah. feel like a big deal anymore. It yeah. like as an AEW diehard, it's even hard for me to get through rampage mm -hmm. now. And, and it's, and, and that's nobody's fault, but Tony Khan's at the end of the day. And that is a mountain that he's going to have to climb. I got to give him credit. He loaded the card, but at mm. the same time, man, you gotta, you gotta kind of play the crowd. I mean, by the time you got to you get to rampage, the audience has already been conditioned to basically view this as lesser than because if nine times out of ten, the most important TV time stuff's happening on on dynamite. So mm -hmm. I mean, 
And, you know, something that we didn't even mention, and I definitely think it's the feel-good moment of the week, it's almost a crime that we haven't mentioned at this point, is the acclaimed winning the AEW. Oh, dude, what a match, by the way. God, you know, man, I'm so happy for those guys. They got so over. Uh, They're such cool guys. I know a lot of people that have met them at at, at autograph signings, and they're just so cool, so humble. Anthony Bowen, Max Caster. Caster learning a lot from John Cena over the last year. Anthony Bowen's kind of coming to his own as a babyface singles wrestler. I think Isaiah Swerve Scott and Keith Lee are going to be just fine. They're two great singles competitors. They can honestly keep going as a tag team and, and, and probably do some great stuff as well. I think Swerve in our glory was a pretty solid run, but give me these two one-on-one and give me a long, lengthy, acclaimed tag team title run. We all knew it was coming. I mean, you know, we, we heard all the speculation of should Tony have audible and once this was booked, we kind of knew what was going to happen, but still an overall moment of the week outside of Soraya for AEW mm-hmm. seeing the acclaim come tagging James. So it was almost a crime to not mention up to this yeah, point. Yeah, but... 100%, brother. I mean, and when I can already tell you how they're going to lose it, Billy Gunn is going to turn on them and put the yep. titles on, That's his, a... on his boys. Done. I don't know when it's going to happen, Parker, but when it does, me and you can sit there and go, we told you. It's going to happen. Billy Gunn's going to turn heel again. He's, this could in there. They'll play the storyline of Will. We had to play the long game. This is what we've done. Yada, yada, yada. And the ass boys, I, was just, I think, what are they called now? I don't know what they're fucking called now. Well, I think, think about this. That you also had the, the ass boys uh, have their little, uh, oh, the little promo battle yeah, with yeah. FTR. Mm-hmm. So, and FTR is number one tag team contender. So, I could easily see a situation where the acclaim goes over on FTR. The ass boys get jealous. Billy ends up being the insurgent, the Christian, maybe if you want to make a comparison for them. I think all of this is to, to kind of set up those two guys to get a little bit of a rub, uh, the gun club that is. So we'll see what happens. But as far as moments are concerned, that was definitely the feel good moment of, uh, of uh, dude, and it was an amazing match. It was an amazing. Oh, match. the match was awesome. Uh, I, I couldn't, I can't say enough about it. If you guys, Watch one map, one match from Grand Slam. Definitely check out the tag team title match. It was probably the, the highlight of AEW television this weekend. But we do have the other side of the coin to get to. Uh, we're about halfway through the show here. Obviously, it is time to talk WWE. So if you're a fan of the Fed, this is your time of the show. We got we got Raw. We got SmackDown. I, I, I think the best place to start probably is what we did miss on Raw last week. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins put on an absolutely phenomenal match for the U.S. title. You had Bobby Lashley pretty much no-selling a curb stomp or, or <laughs> pretty much catching a curb stomp with his big-ass neck. I thought that stuff was awesome. Those two, uh, obviously, no, no clean finish there because Matt Riddle gets involved. We see on Raw this week that they're going to fight in the fight pit, which they're kind of dialing into Matt Riddle's MMA roots. Hey, man, I'm, I'm personally just glad that he's not saying Randy Orton's name every five fucking seconds and doing tributes like he's dead or something. Uh, you know, with the women, you got the damage control. They're finally getting their branding. You got Panda Express with uh, <laughs> with KO and Johnny Gargano. You love to see that. They're kind of tying into their indie roots. And now the A storyline of Monday Night Raw, of course, is Judgment Day. Uh, you got Rey Mysterio pleading to his grown-ass son, please, uh, La Familia or whatever he wants to say in Spanish after every English generation to beg his boy Dom, who's a man now to you know come back to the light and come back you know, to daddy come yeah, home. come back to daddy but there's been an interesting <laughs> development in the storyline the last few weeks and that is the involvement of one aj styles who yes, pretty much has said that finn uh you know while he has had his back at the end of the day you know aj just can't rock with the stuff that finn's doing and i said last week on raw when we were going to record i was going to say this is going to end up leading to some really great in-ring stuff and 
it certainly did that because this week uh, being yesterday, uh, I think, what was it, AJ took on Sami Zayn, and then, of course, Matt Riddle took on Damian Priest. A lot of Judgment Day action. How are you feeling about the way this Judgment Day storyline is progressing? Uh, AJ Styles, of course, now involved. Uh, we're, we, we now have confirmed Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match at Extreme Rules. We're also going to talk about the Extreme Rules card here in a little while. But how are you feeling about the – we're, we're going to call it the A storyline of Monday Night Raw and how it's been progressing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's progressing okay. My problem is, and people probably hate me for this, I've never been a big Rey Mysterio fan. Couldn't um, agree more. I'm really sorry to all the listeners out there that are like, what is a Hall of Famer former champ? I've never, and I mean never, Parker, WCW, WWE. I'm, I'm not going to use the word overrated, but I've never, I've never really got his shtick. I've never... You know, when his matches, don't get me wrong, like the dude, solid career, WCW, uh, WWF, WWE, what he's done throughout his career, obviously going to go down as a Hall of Famer. But for me, dude, and now I like the whole thing with Dominic. Again, I don't really get Dominic. I'm kind of Oof. like, I know what they're trying to do with him. I get it. You've got to make future stars. You've got to, you've got to push the narrative. You can't have the yeah, same old, same old. talent. That's have a to, kind yeah, of big you have, part. Kind of, you know, you kind of have to do that thing called wrestle and sell and tell a storyline and be good at promos. And I feel like I just want to pick him up and put him back in the performance center and say, "Hey, dude, you can come out of here when you've learned all of these. Till then, stay the fuck in here because you're not." On not- top of that, on top of that, Burroughs, I look at NXT. You got Carmelo Hayes, who is probably the best guy they got. I don't. Brian Breaker's goofy to me. That guy wears his own merch on dates. That is like the corniest <laughs> what, thing you, I've ever you mean seen you in my wear, life. You, you mean you don't wear uh, Hitting the Turnbuckle merchandise? No, I don't. I also oh, don't wear Salon merchandise when I record. Parker, man. I, I had visions no, of you just that. walking I mean, around your I, house. I, I, look, I'll just do a roll call. Nathan Frazier, a little Seth Rollins disciple, great wrestler. Joe, Even Joe Gacy and Schism are good wrestlers. I, shit, Manny Rose has gotten better. Uh, the Chase Teachable Moment guy, Von Wagner, Grayson Waller. All of Dynamon, JD McDonough, all those guys in NXT are actually talented in awaiting their opportunity on main roster. And we're giving TV time to Dominic Mysterio. And see, look, this is a Triple H problem. I'm sorry, we're, we're going to go there. Uh, for me, you got Omos back on TV this week beating up people. You got Dominic Mysterio becoming a crucial part of the Judgment Day when the guy can't fucking lace half these people's boots. I think Triple H is has gotten into this entire... I can fix him mentality with a lot of these people that should have never got TV time to begin with. I never wanted to see Omos back on my screen. See, it's different with people like the Alpha Academy, right? Because Chad Gable's a great wrestler. Otis can be the big, goofy powerhouse who takes all the pins. That's cool. You know, uh, it, it's crazy because on SmackDown, Otis and Braun were when SmackDown got its highest viewership of $2.5 million. So, obviously, Otis was on a big money segment this week. I, I have no beef with Alpha Academy. I understand their purpose, but... Dom, like you said, at some point you got to get in the fucking ring and actually tell some stories. And so far, yeah, you're involved in the age storyline on Raw, but when is this going to start translating him getting better in the ring? And I and look, I couldn't agree with you more on Rey Mysterio. We're both short kings, but at the end of the day, I have to sit here and at least be honest with myself and understand that I, this is how I look at it. Back when uh, the original AEW show happened, what was it, All In? Uh, who was it? Yeah, Ray, Kota Ibushi, and I think the Bucks. Bunch of people took they were in this big tag team match. The the rumor was was that Ray Mysterio was gonna go to all elite wrestling. Fandom aside, if if, if Dominic is the reason that Ray didn't go to AEW, it's just a waste. Cause I mean, this kid's never it's just not clicking. You can put him in whatever storyline you want to, you can make him the reason that Ray fights, but 
at the end of the day, man, I just don't ever see this stuff working out. I will say, I do like what I've seen from Judgment Day the last couple weeks. I think Finn Balor has shown a lot more personality. I think Damian Priest has done a lot better. Rhea's been money since day one, but Dom, man, he's just kind of like the goofy kid that just wants to be validated, and you know that they just keep him around to feel better about themselves. I I just don't see him coming out on the better side of this. Do you? I mean, all the even with all this Eddie Guerrero bullshit tributing aside. Yeah, and you have to think about it. Half the people, when he references Eddie Guerrero, and I don't mean it's horribly, they don't know who Eddie Guerrero is. You know, that the, too. The, the current, That's a great the, point. You know, people like me and you do. I mean, I grew up with Eddie Guerrero. One of the, he is one of the greatest of all time. But, you know, when he references him and, you know, he, he does all, you know, they do his moves and they do the, the, the frog splash and everything. And, yeah, I I'm, don't think I'm ever going to be on the Dominic train. And you can put him in there with, obviously, you're putting him in there with Edge. You're putting him in there with AJ Styles. You could get Bret Hart. You did it with, you did with Seth Rollins. I think it's SummerSlam two years ago. You could get ago. Bret Hart on his prime and I still don't think he'd be able to get a good match out of him. And Bret Hart could have a good match with a wardrobe you you're know exactly I mean? <laughs> right and, and look Andy, i couldn't agree with you more man and that's my problem is that like i think when you're ripping off eddie and you don't you can't even lace you're not even a 16th as good as eddie was in ring you know bloodline only carries you but so far but i mean speaking of bloodline I, look i'll tell you right now that sammy Zayn and roman promo open smackdown wwe tv rarely makes me like full-blown laugh but man, that was fucking the, the brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. So I think you already know where I'm going with this. They opened mm-hmm. SmackDown. Obviously, I said SmackDown had great numbers this week. Two and a, uh, two and a half million. Uh, obviously, that has a lot to do with the Tribal Chief showing up. And I look, I got to say right now, I love, love, love how they introduced Solo to the Bloodline, saying that the Tribal Elders had sent him. Just completely <laughs> badass, as we as we've come to expect with this Roman Reigns title run. But then. You know, obviously, everybody gets acknowledged. Everybody gets their credit. But once Sammy Zayn, Sammy tells them to stop the music when they're doing their eight-minute outro. Uh, and uh, Roman just kind of looks at him and says, why are you wearing the T-shirt? Why are you following us around? Take the shirt off. And I don't, I, I think it was Jay is the one who's not a big fan of uh, Sammy. Yeah, the looks he, were fantastic. Yeah, he was screaming, take the shirt off. <laughs> Come to find out that the reason he wanted him to take the shirt off is because he actually got him his own honorary ooze shirt and just seeing the goofy side of wwe are not silly they're gonna sell millions of them fucking things oh and it's fucking hilarious man like it just seeing roman's reaction sammy's reaction jay's reaction when he even got pump fake it was it was just absolutely quality stuff and it was awesome to kind of see that side of roman who's been a really stoic champion up to this point and then of course later on you have sammy pretty much flexing the bloodline on ricochet and Madcap Moss and Solo just beating the dog piss out of, uh, I think, both of those guys pretty much by himself. I'm still not a fan of how they took the uh, North American uh, NXT North American title off of him. Uh, sure but Marco I am excited yeah. to see that ladder match at Halloween Havoc. Hopefully, Carmelo Hayes gets his hands back on the title. But how did you feel about Roman Reigns being back on SmackDown? Obviously, it's something that we don't really see a lot anymore. But when it does happen, it always does give us good moments like this. It's it's good. I always enjoy seeing Roman Reigns. I mean, they've got to think. The only problem they've got is now Parker. I've been interested to get your views on this. They they've kind of got to just fill him now till he has this Logan Paul crap going on. You know, they've kind of they've kind of got to put him in these comedy skits because they haven't really got anything else they can do with him. You know, you know. Obviously, Logan's going to turn up on the SmackDown before the what's the Crown fucking jewel 
Yeah, the crown fucking yeah, door. devil, you know, blood money event that they're going to go and do again in Saudi Arabia. We get we get one every 25 years, but these motherfuckers get one every year. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, when you guys start uh, dishing out when enough we, pounds, yeah, uh, maybe when, like Saudi is. Maybe when we put our women up against walls and start throwing stones at them, we might get some money. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. it's definitely not for morality. I think nah. you and I both know that. That blood Un- money's running rampant. Yeah, but they've got to do something with him so it's i like seeing the comedy side of him he you know they've done some of that kind of stuff in the later shield days um i enjoy it but again it's just filler until we get this logan paul thing done and dusted and then we can again though but then we've got ex- we've got extreme rules which he's I, if i'm right in thinking he's not advertised for roman reigns i don't think no he's, he's not so then the, my only issue here parker is and i'd be interested to get your views on this so we've got crown jewel which is going to be filler. He's going to win. We've got extreme rules. He's not on it. We've got. I some... think it's extreme rules then crown jewel because okay. extreme rules is October eighth. Yeah. So he's I'm, not on I'm, that. I can so... double check the crown yeah, jewel yeah, date real quick. You're probably right, buddy. Um, but then we've got Survivor Series, which is going to be. Don't get me wrong. I know they've uh, interviewed. Uh, they've introduced War Games to Survivor Series, which is going to be amazing. But again, it's going to be the whole Raw versus SmackDown, and I'm guessing Roman Reigns is going to be involved in that again. For for two pay per views running, he might be in like a quote unquote filler match. What do you think? Well, I'm I'm taking a look right now uh, live on the show. The rest of the eternal listing for WWE pay per views for the remainder of the year. So. Saturday, October 8th, is a couple weeks from now. We got Extreme Rules in Philadelphia. Then you have Crown Jewel November 5th. And then your final pay-per-view of the year is WWE Survivor Series in Boston. So, obviously, I, I don't see Roman. And we'll get into the uh, Extreme Rules pay-per-view card here in a second, at least what we got up to this point. Uh, but as far as Extreme Rules, we're, we're definitely not going to have Roman on that show. Crown Jewel, like you say, he's going to beat up a YouTuber, whatever. I'm really glad he's not even taking that shit seriously on TV. At least that's what it looks like at first glance, because I, I don't think he should sit there and take Logan Paul too seriously. That match is going to sell itself. But then you get to Survivor Series, right? And, and normally, like last year, it's champion versus champion, and, and Roman can't fight himself. So <laughs> obviously, they're going to go in a different direction. I think what they're going to do is that they're going to they're going to swell up this war game match for survivor series and they're just going to try to distract you and hope that you don't even realize the romans is not even on the card i think that's the plan for the mm-hmm. remainder of the year i think they're going to pop roman in and out on tv periodically at least up until royal rumble then he'll probably have a title defense against maybe someone who's elevated up the card by then i couldn't really sit here and tell you who yeah. that's going to be by then cody I mean, Rhodes would have run the royal rumble Exactly. And, you know, we had rumors last night that, uh, you know, we were going to have a better idea of who was facing Roman next on Raw, but that never happened. So, mm-hmm. I mean, look, the Internet's lying right now. The Internet's going to tell you that Malachi Black's going back to WWE. Uh, he's not. So, he's I already mean, said he's yeah, going to stand in AEW. The dirt sheets are just fucking corrupt right now, and it's such an issue. You got Dave Meltzer fucking tweeting one thing and then tweeting another thing 20 minutes later. It's absolutely gross. But, I mean, as far as, like, what's right in front of us, because you and I like to focus on the here and now, I, I really am – overall very intrigued by this extreme rules card i really like what Liv did against lacey evans oh, what a bump, by the way. it's better than the bump on AEW. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and Woo-hoo. you know obviously I, i'm interested to see whether uh w- w- what happens between drew and karen cross in this strap match even though i'm not really a big fan of that stipulation but i mean right now you got Edge, and uh, you got Edge versus Balor in a quit match. You got Bianca Belair versus Bailey in a ladder match. You got Liv versus Ron in Extreme Rules match. You got Cross and Drew in the strap, and you got Seth and Riddle in the fight pit. So, I mean, for real, if you want to be honest, I don't think you need Roman on this pay per view for it to be good. 
And I think at the end of the day, they're going to be just fine. That's one thing that I've trusted in the Triple H era. But at the same time, this guy's got to defend this title eventually. And, you know, it's crazy to sit here and think that he might not do it for the rest of the year. I think it's going to be a TV kind of thing. I think they're going to use it to pop ratings. I think they're going to do their big gimmicky matches on pay-per-view. I don't see Roman Reigns defending the title a lot, but I still think it's a very solid card for Extreme Rules. Uh, they're probably going to have a match for Candice LeRae in Extreme Rules as well. Big return for her this week. Really happy for her. Uh, already back in the lab after having the kid. So, I mean, obviously the Gargano family is very happy. But I think in closure here, we need to have a discussion. Who is here in our last couple minutes of the show? Who's the White Rabbit? I mean, this oh. is a this is a rampant topic. Everybody feels like it's already a foregone conclusion, but you know we've seen the teasers. Uh, they're everywhere. There's barcodes. There's scanners. Uh, you've already seen the "Who Killed the World" video. Is this Bray Wyatt, and we're just you know kind of speculating for no reason here, or do you feel like if, we could get swerved at the last second? If this isn't Bray Wyatt, it's the best smoke screen ever. Um, uh, yeah, it's you know it's Triple H just pulled literally pulled a rabbit out of the hat <laughs> pun intended um it's got to be Bray Wyatt I I can't really think of if you if you have to think outside the box and think of anyone else it could be who could it be yeah people say it might be a female wrestler people are saying it might be Charlotte Flair I'm like nope they're not changing her gimmick that much no. they're gonna be the right rabbit people were saying it could not not a chance in hell is it her it can only be Bray Wyatt I there's no other like it and he's obviously been spotted uh training mm -hmm. with his uh trainer he he's had all up, up through all these years what i really find amusing about this entire conversation is the entire alice in wonderland speculation so mm -hmm. you you have braun Strowman who is wearing the red pants you got uh alexa bliss with lily who's making all these alice in wonderland <laughs> references you got look if you have bray as like a mad hatter look i mean look everybody thought that it was going to possibly be wyndham Everybody thought that he could possibly come back as the Fiend. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. No. If it's anybody other than Bray, like you said, I'll be completely floored. There was speculation that it could possibly be Aleister Black. Someone was saying that the mm. URL that they nope. tweeted out went to his theme song. That ended up being proved false, debunked. A lot of people speculating it's Karrion Cross. That never made quite sense to me. So I think we are very, 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 very close to getting uh, Bray Wyatt back on WWE television. I think you're wasting an opportunity if you don't do it as close to Halloween as possible. But, you know, I don't want to see it coming. I, these vignettes are cool, but I still want the moment he shows up to be genuinely shocking. I don't want to see it coming. I want it to be a jump scare, if you will, since we're we're, we're finally in spooky season. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. My guess is right now, in case it happens this week, is definitely Bray Wyatt. And I'm very excited to see what he will do in a Triple H-led creative. So. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you, brother. I loved his first run. I think they kind of messed it up with him. He kind of messed it up with himself. I've, I've heard of you interviews saying that, like how hard he was to handle backstage and how his creative mind is, is always going at a thousand miles an hour. So they've got kind of got to slow him down a little bit. But dude, I'm I'm 100% with you. I think Triple H now, he's got his hands on WWE, could do great things with him. Are we talking world title again? Who knows? Let's just get him back in the company. Let's build him up. He again. doesn't need it. He does not need it. That, that, mm -hmm. To me, and, and I just want to throw that in as a disclaimer, you do not need to put a title on this guy. I, I never felt like you needed to put a title on Malachi Black and AEW. Mm -hmm. These characters that have this mysticism, this, the, this you know, I, I can't, ambiguity to them, you know, like this open-endedness, this, this, this weird, like, lore, you don't need a title. If the time is right, that's cool. But let him tell the story he wants to tell i thought that they jumped the gun big time when the fiend first started 
throwing him in that universal title feud with Rollins. Rollins is already lost with the fans as it was, and then you put him against the hottest act in wrestling. Let Bray tell his story and let Bray do it at his own pace if he is coming back to WWE. And at the end of the day, WWE is where he belongs. I, I would have been happy if he was in AEW, but I'm not. There's Like Malachi said, there's no tribalism bullshit here. I mean, you know, for the stories that Malachi, excuse me, that, that Bray's trying to tell, WWE is his best platform. You know, mm-hmm. Malachi has been in the independent wrestling scene. This is all Bray's ever known. This is what his family's been. So let this guy get his blockbuster budget and let him tell his story starting on Halloween month. I'm all for it. I hope he is the rabbit. Yeah, I hope he is too, Parker, my man. I hope he is too. And uh, we went a whole episode without talking about CM Punk. Amazing. We, uh, and then, you know what? That's complete. That, see, and, and you know what? For you people that think that that's my end all and my be all, you're wrong. I, I can live without CM Punk. CM Punk believe it or not, is not the whole business. And 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 Andy, even though I believe this is going to be a huge, huge, huge hit for AEW in the end, I've already got everything I've wanted as a fan. I want him to come back and compete in some capacity. I got to see it. I, I My fan bucket list is checked off. You'll never be able to take that moment away from me. Wrestling is about the moments. And at the end of the day, for the foreseeable future, the elite and CM Punk are not a part of the AEW world right now. And I still think that there's enough talent guys like Ricky Starks, guy like MJF, that they need to elevate and use this time with critically. Uh, you're right. The world does move on. And, you know, we'll talk about punk when punk is necessary. But at the end of the day, only time will tell how much not having him and the elite is going to affect AEW. And then certainly something to monitor, but definitely not. It doesn't stop the world from turning. That's for sure. So, yeah, you're right. We went a whole episode till you freaking triggered. <laughs> no, no. I could I could resist, my friend. I couldn't resist. But Parker, it's been uh, it's been great talking some wrestling with you, my friend. Uh, we sit here on uh, Tuesday recording this. We've got Rampage coming up. Uh, I need to catch up on all of last night's World Action and uh, finish the show off. Uh, obviously, we've got uh, Rampage. We've got Dynamite. We've got SmackDown. We've got a great, great week of wrestling coming up. You and I will sit down and discuss it all again next week. But uh, a pleasure as always, my friend. Just uh, tell everyone where they can find us on the socials. Obviously, guys, we are a wrestling podcast. We like to talk about everything. Uh, gonna be dipping our foot in NXT. I've even been watching some fucking NWA. I, I, I'm all about professional wrestling, and so is is Andy. As I'm tagging him back in here. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter at HTTB Buckle. You can find us on all social media at that exact handle. You can also find the link tree in the description here. If you guys are interested uh, in contributing, uh, uh, collabing in any capacity, hitting the turnbuckle at gmail.com. But all things HTTB, obviously click the link tree in all of our descriptions. And if you, like I said, are interested in collaborating, hitting the turnbuckle at gmail.com. Make sure you guys give us a follow on, on all social media. Make sure you guys subscribe if you're listening to us in the audio realm. On, we're available on all platforms as well. Tell your friends about it. Share the link. Tell us who you think the White Rabbit's going to be, guys. We just want to hear from every, each and every single one of you. And obviously, like Andy said, we're coming to you every week talking all things professional wrestling. Yes, we will, sir. Amazing show, my man. Let's uh, let's do it all again next week. Parker, thanks, mom. Thanks very much, buddy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with my amazing tag team partner and good friend, Parker Hamlet. Till next time, everybody. Stay Peace. safe. Peace.